This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thanks to JLD Hot Sauce and Knives, Saints Happy Hour listeners now get to listen to the complete version of our weekly Twitter spaces the entire football season. If you want award-winning hot sauces like Boot Jolica or Reaper Madness Special Reserve, go to www.jldsharpsauce.com. They have incredible jellies such as palm and pepper. They also have an incredible selection of handmade knives for cooking, hunting, and your outdoor needs. Go check out the Zombie Killer Quartering Cleaver and tell me it's not the best damn quartering cleaver you ever saw in your entire life. Jerry Embler is a tremendous supporter of Saints Happy Hour, so we're asking you to support the people who support Saints Happy Hour. Go to www.jldsharpsauce.com to get the best hot sauces and knives at the best prices anywhere. Use promo code SAINTSHAPPYHOUR and get 10% off. That's www.jldsharpsauce.com. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get breaking Saints news podcast, Saints player grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. G'day, it's Stevie from 12 Ninja here. And look, if you like American football, you should check out Saints Happy Hour podcast. I personally know all about American football, other than it's a bunch of massive blokes wearing spandex, shoulder pads and helmets, running around with a throwing a football. In Australia, you don't throw footballs. You punch it or you kick it. And there's um, no protection. They're all naked. And there's sharks and crocodiles fired out of cannons onto the field and we all stand around and drink blood watching it but American football's your thing you know what to do Saints Happy Hour podcast stick it in your ear hole all right everybody welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour podcast it's a Wednesday so that means we're on the Twitter spaces as always Every Wednesday, the Twitter Spaces for Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by JLD Hot Sauces and Knives. 
knives, go to JLDSharpSauce.com for all your hot sauce and knives need. They've been a longtime sponsor of the show. They support us, so we ask you to support them. All right. Uh, tonight we're going to have – Andrew's going to join us eventually, hopefully. Uh, but we're going to start off here. Uh, Jameis Winston, he – He's so broken, Dr. Thomas. He's got he's coming off a knee. He had the foot. He's got a broken back. His ankle is hurt now. Um I don't know that a doctor can help him. He might need an intervention at this point uh or like a prayer circle. This man he he's more his body's almost in as bad a shape as me. He's a broken man. <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs vegetables and fish oil. That's what he needs. <laughs> so listen, this back injury. Exp- the thing about it is that I want you to explain. First of all, you know when we hear as fans, when I hear, oh, it's no, he, he can't injure it anymore, so he's safe to play. What does that mean exactly? And also, just because he can't injure it more and it can't get worse what does that mean in relationship to like him taking hits him running him throwing like it might not get any injured worse but can the pain get worse and make his performance harder so what they mean the first question it can't get injured any further um that's correct when you're talking about the primary injury the fractured processes coming off of his vertebral body you cannot worsen that bony injury it's already fractured the damage is done and there's nothing around that area that can there's no neurovascular structure that would harm him if it were to get injured or put his career in jeopardy so once you've ruled those things out then physically he can play without worrying about future harm so then it just becomes a pain issue uh this is a very painful there's a whole spider web of muscles tendons and ligaments that attach to those processes that come off it's how you turn your body it's how you extend your back support your posture everything it's how you create torque uh and when you break those off there's a lot of like minor dysfunction that happens that causes a whole bunch of inflammation and issues with biomechanics and all that stuff is does painful. It have, does it, does it give you, you know, because I know they can, they can obviously the saints and NFL teams have the best pain meds on earth. And I know pain meds can help, but a lot of times like certain injuries with guys, it gives the pain meds don't necessarily have because they have weakness. Does it, does it like make his legs weak? It, does it make it harder to twist? Does it add weakness to it where that's an issue that he's going to have to work through as well? It doesn't add actual weakness. It adds a per- perception of weakness because of the pain. So if you injure your hip muscles for your hip stabilizers, they're not weaker, but you'll walk funny and you'll feel weak. You'll go to the doctor and say, I'm weak. And it's because you're perceiving it that way because there's Mm -hmm. a reflex that happens in your brain that says, without you consciously thinking about it, this thing is injured. Don't use it that way. And no matter how hard you try or think, you can't overcome that. It's a subconscious thing. 
So it will make him feel weaker, but there's not enough. There's not a big enough area of damage that that's going to be an issue. It's just, it's just the basically. Let me like throw ice on the fire, water, ice water on the fire of everyone's panic surrounding how bad of a game he played. I think what happened is he he has these inherent flaws that were um, significantly worsened because of the pain and okay. mechanical dysfunction he has going back there. So uh, he has enough uh, working working things in his body that he's able to get the ball deep. He can do that. But I believe that the inaccuracy issues, especially on the deep balls, which historically he's been really good at consistently mm-hmm. – was secondary to these issues. And then also with the way that he was running, carrying himself on runs and with a lot of the throws, especially when you get outside the pocket, you saw uh, a pretty profound indecisiveness that I felt was abnormal for him. And what that's what pain causes you to do. You become super indecisive, especially when he knows he's going to take big hits, which he did. He took a pretty big one. You know, we, I know I just said it, you know, that the NFL has the best pain meds on earth. But like, how much do those pain? Like the anything that the, the Saints are giving him, if they're shooting him, like how much does that take the pain away? The, it doesn't go away completely, right? So, no, not completely. No, it can dull and dampen everything. And another big problem with that, uh, with hit with his injury, is that you can't really give him high dose steroids like you would because. Um, it's going to interfere with the bone healing, which you need to happen pretty quickly to enable in order to get the pain under control. So um, that becomes an issue too, because you kind of have to treat it with other types of remedies and maladies. But um, that's a, it's a problem. It's a really big problem. And in my professional opinion, he probably shouldn't shouldn't have played i mean hindsight's 2020 but let's i mean let's talk moving forward i guess i i I probably would want the coaches to sit him to get his pain under control because it's going to affect his performance how much i mean i know everybody's different but like in your in your experience with injuries of this nature or, or similar like how much would how much does a week of and like not playing him or not like how much does that sort of really help him you know what i'm saying a lot yeah a lot a lot especially two weeks so it's only going to take maybe in between two to four weeks for a really good callus to form on the bone and you're talking one to two weeks to really get the inflammation under control and then it's just a matter of rehabbing his biomechanics to make sure that he gets his accuracy back and uh, gets rid of the small bad habits that you form when you have an injury like that. So it wouldn't take long, uh, in my opinion, uh, but I think it would probably be necessary. But um, that guy's career is on the line. So who knows what he would do uh, if left to his own decision-making. Well, it's always – it's you know, Andrew always talks about it. It's, we, we ask these players to be heroic. And the thing with Jameis right now is – and I know – People yelled at me on Twitter and, and one, Jameis one of one and all this. But, like, I firmly believe, like, Jameis knows this is his last shot to be a franchise quarterback and have a team that's like, Jameis, you're our dude. We believe in you. You're going to be our quarterback for a long time. Like, this is it for him. This is his last chance to get big, 
big money, but also he's made a ton of money. But just to be the guy, like he's a quarterback. He wants to be a guy and have his team and have a have a team and a city believe in him and, and be the quarterback. And this is it for him. Like if, if it doesn't work with the Saints, he's always going to be like a Fitzpatrick or a Trubisky. He's going to be like the guy you get when you want a draft pick to play later or you're still looking for the guy that's better. And he knows it. And like he's he hasn't built up any equity – with the Saints, right? So if Andy, if they play Andy Dalton for three weeks and Andy Dalton balls, like there's a chance the Saints would be like, Jameis, you know, Andy Dalton went three and zero and threw twelve touchdowns and two picks, and we're four and one, and we're just gonna ride this out, buddy. Like he doesn't have the equity necessarily built up. So my question is, I know you said there's no further risk. Of he can't injure it anymore, but like, does the does does him sort of playing this week and not resting? Does it sort of stretch out the healing process? Like it wouldn't it wouldn't make it worse, but like recovery, healing, getting the calluses, like I said, could that stretch out and be a couple extra weeks to get that done because he's not resting? Yes. I really should clarify. Like the, the primary injury can't get worse, the, the actual fractures and whatnot, but you have all the soft tissue structures around there, the supportive architecture. And that stuff, if you keep taking hits, that stuff can, can get worse. You can have worse muscle spasms, strains. You're not using things correctly. Um, and he's guarding the whole time, too. Just nothing's working naturally. So that stuff can definitely worsen or it can just linger. And then also, you don't expect that he's going to continue to take huge hits, but if he did in the right way, it's possible, although unlikely, that yes, if he started to form a callus on the bone, that it could refracture. Again, that's not, it's going to refracture in the same place. Nothing's in danger there. It would just hurt again and it would restart this whole process. And the longer you go with these types of injuries, the harder it is to rehab, the harder it is to break habits the more neural defensive neural tracks get laid down in your brain and it just becomes a big mess. But because of all the stuff you said before, I'm not sure he can really be trusted to make a good decision about whether he should sit or not. All that stuff with Dalton has got to be on the forefront of his mind. It has to be. Andrew, I think God has ginger fever. Like poor Jameis. Is just, I feel ba- I really feel bad for him. The man's falling apart. His body is literally- well. I, I just have to say, I, I turn forty-two tomorrow, so I, I'm actually it's it's ten fifteen in Charlottesville, so I'm like an hour and forty-five minutes from my forty-second birthday. And based on that, Doctor Thomas, I have to say, your description of potentially aggravating your back and going back into back spasms, I'm acutely aware of that. I know what that looks like. I live that life. All right, so- it sucks. It sucks. But um, I think with Jameis, you know, I I, I would ask you this, Thomas. I mean, you look at the history of this injury in the NFL, and we've seen Romo do it. We've seen Matt Stafford do it. We've seen Cam Newton do it. Uh, Romo was probably the example of playing with that injury and being successful. Stafford and Cam Newton, not so much. Um, How effective – and then maybe like this week he should be benched or, or, or maybe we should expect him to be shitty, right, based on what he's dealing with. But like 
at what point do you think, like, realistically, when you're dealing with that kind of pain, you're dealing with this kind of injury, at what point can you be effective dealing with this? If you can quell the inflammation, get the spasms under control that are um, innately going to happen, I think you can probably accomplish that within a week or two, uh, enough to where you can get a sizable portion of your previous performance back. And then it's just a matter of the bone's going to heal. It's just as long as you get the spasms, inflammation, and strains under control, it's fine. Uh, what was, do you know how many of the fractures Tony Romo had? I think I think it was three. Now was James three. has four, but I yeah, think, I think Romo had three. The the more levels, the more it's going to hurt, and the more dysfunction you'll have uh, intuitively. So um, I mean, it's who knows why one guy would perform better than the other. Wouldn't maybe it just the uh, Romo's body, the way they reacted to it. He didn't have as much soft tissue damage. It was really more of just a bone thing. In which case. The inflammation isn't as significant and the mechanical issues aren't as significant. And it's really just, well, stabilized, you know, make sure the bones are stable and then get back out there. And and, and they're, I mean, they're giving them a cortisone epidural cocktail, right? Well, you have to be careful with steroids in this case because it's going to delay healing and union of the bones when you have fractures. So it gets a little more complicated and that's kind of not, that's a little more gray area. That's probably going to be, um, an up in the air decision. Like there's probably the physicians are discussing things and like, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I probably wouldn't, but it'll kind of be a group conversation and decision with that. It's not, it's not a slam dunk with the steroids. Have you been thinking of becoming a saints happy hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get Breaking Saints News Podcast, Saints Player Grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. You saw the plays where, you know, he's scrambling, he's moving to his left, and there's a decision that he makes. I, I can't remember the exact play, but it's third and three. He easily scrambles for a first down, but he's like, no, you know what? I'm going to survey the field. I'm going to wait a second longer. I'm going to hold on to the football and see if I can fling it down the field. And I think Jameis at 100% probably tucks in and runs there and, and, and definitely gets a first down, right? 100%. I agree. And so and so there's a mental aspect to my back feels like shit. My my mobility is limited and I, I'm not going to do this in the here and now because I don't want to take a hit. So I see that. I, I think we all saw that. 
my question to you is, is when you hear the statement, you have this ailment, you have this injury, and you can't make it worse, right? You're dealing with pain, but it, my assumption is if you take a hit, it's not like you're going to crack the bone further. You're not going to get a, get a more significant fracture. So my question is, does a hit still exacerbate the pain? Yes. Yes, it can exacerbate the pain. It can exacerbate the, the surrounding tissues that provide structure. Uh, and also, um, it could – he'd have to get hit in a very specific right way. But it could uh, – if you had callus formation on the bone, it could, like, re-damage the structures there. But it, that would just delay healing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't worsen the okay. – so it, it so it makes sense to you that he would be gun shy about running the football. Absolutely, want to take a hit. He's super indecisive. Everyone saw it. He, he's he's incredibly indecisive. I mean, he's pumping five times while he's running. He doesn't know whether he wants to run. He's scared of hitting. And I was telling Ralph this. There's a conscious component of that. Of that's that's in, that's fear avoidance, fear anticipation. It's a pain processing, guarding against pain. But there's also a subconscious thing of. Um, when when he goes to get hit, he's going to guard in ways that are unnatural, and um, all all of that goes into decision making. Like there's a limbic system, emotional component that's tied into the pain. That's that's a part of his decision making that that wasn't there before. When he would make poor decisions, it wasn't based off that. That's now an element that's been brought into this, and I do feel like his performance was connected to that. I can't give you a number on it, but I do believe that. Here's a question, Thomas. Dr. Thomas is we found out today that he has an ankle issue. Now maybe it's not that bad and they just wrap it and they're just like, you know, James, we're just going to wrap your ankle extra tight and you're just going to have to suck it up. But if it's, if, if the pain in the ankle is really bad because he has the pain in the back and because he has the pain in the ankle, does that sort of like limit the pain meds that he can get? Does he, is he going to have to like choose and be like, you know what, give me the stuff from my back and I'm just going to have to ride it out with the ankle. Does, or does it sort of affect what they can give him? If no, no, it shouldn't. They can, they can give him the same thing they would before whatever decision they make. I mean, you can give really, really strong anti-inflammatories, which is probably non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which he's probably on. And, um, you know, there's opiates and stuff, but and that's it can be appropriate in the right situation, but you don't want it to be strong enough where it interferes with decision making too. And uh, you can also set yourself up for further injury if you're feeling too good in a sense. So, uh, and the, I, the steroids would be the thing. And I don't know whether I cannot say whether that's happening or not. I would say probably not relying on other things, but maybe it's it's a possibility. Did you guys already talk about Michael Thomas? We have not. I was gonna. I was gonna get to that, but but. So, Dr. so Thomas, Thomas, but before we before we uh, move on, like I, I just want to ask you, we had you on the show over a year ago, and we talked about Michael Thomas and the high ankle sprain and the and the subsequent surgery and and the failed surgery and the failed rehab and then another surgery and I, he's been out of football for basically two years. And you talked on our show about the scar tissue and the concerns that you had in terms of his ability to kind of bounce back from that, especially when he didn't get surgery at the time he needed to and the scar tissue that built up. So you've watched two games now. You've watched him play. I don't want to say he's back to Michael Thomas of old because he's not putting up the numbers, 
Um, but he's playing some pretty good football. Like he, he looks good. And, and I listened to Nick Underhill's interview with Sean Payton. They, they asked him the same question. Like, do you feel like Michael Thomas is where he was at? And, and Sean Payton was like, he looks damn good to me. And so I would ask like, point as a, as a doctor, as a, as a medical physician, like as, as someone who sees these kind of injuries, sees people recover at this point, do you feel like Michael Thomas is on the way to being fully recovered or do you still have the same concerns or do you feel like he's past the concern areas that you originally had? No, he pretty much suplexed my concerns. <laughs> Bam! I, I feel like he's on his way to, to pretty close to, if not what he was before. It's pretty amazing. He's a psychopath honestly. in the best yeah, way. Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. A big part of getting back to what you were with injuries like his, which when I say scar tissue, it could be soft tissue, but I'm really talking more like I was afraid that he had bony scar tissue, like a cartilaginous defect in some of those little joints down there, which can be hard as shit to get right. But um, a, part, a big part of recovering from that is the prolonged rehab. And really, that's a mental makeup thing. Like most people don't get to where they were because they just don't have the ability to relay the foundation, the neurological foundation to make everything work right and to get over that little voice whispering in the back of your head every time you plant on it and load it. You just never quite trust something again. And really – And I will, like, Hold on. So I don't, I don't mean to cut you off here, but like we're talking mental here, right? Like we're, we're talking about just pushing through pain. Um, during the rehab process, yes. Not currently, no. D- okay, is that so, what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. So, so, we're, we're, so where is he at in your mind at this point? Two weeks into the season, two years removed from – the initial injury and everything that's happened since then should at this point, like, is he, is he passed it to the point where we should expect Michael Thomas to be as good as new in a few weeks kind of thing? Or, or he, is there, could is there be, still, yes. is there still a, a, a process here? There's a, uh, a small process probably still ongoing, but not much. It's a whisper of it. There's, there's, I, I mean, he should be back to whatever he wants to do as long as he can do it. Um, probably. I mean, probably now. Okay, so mind. can you can you put into words, based on the patients that you've seen, you've worked with athletes. Can you put into words like what Michael Thomas has accomplished? Because it's easy for us to just kind of forget about him for two years, right? Because you don't see him on the field, and then he comes back, and it's kind of e- easy to get used to his performance and him being good right away. Cause we need it. Right. So we're, we're, we're immediately back to celebrating him, but, but as a doctor, can you put into words like his, his journey and, and the likelihood of him kind of getting through what he dealt with and being where he's at now. With athletes of his ilk. And so I don't really see recovery like that if that puts it into perspective, like it's not, that's like out of the realm of what I'm know or am used to, but he's a unicorn. Like he's a very unique individual, even in the NFL. I mean, you see that from the records he's broken. So 
uh, it boggles my mind how well he's come back. I mean, I've voiced concerns to you guys mm-hmm. a while back. I never knew his exact chronic injury that whatever the secondary issues were, I, no one ever, no one knew or could tell me. I don't know, but I can tell you from the process that I saw laid out, I can guesstimate as to what it was, and that's a pretty big deal. It's a pretty significant big deal, and um. What he's done is amazing in my mind already to this point. Even if he just continues to put up the numbers he has, uh, would be incredibly impressive in my mind if you just extrapolated that out throughout the season. It's amazing. I, I mean, guy, you, you know, my biggest concern, Dr. Thomas, was just guys that missed two straight years of football. Like the list of guys that have missed that long and come back and gotten back to close to what they were, like it's just. It's incredibly small. That's the short list. My final question to you, Dr. Thomas, back to Jameis for just a second. What's with this back injury? And I know he's a quarterback, so we focus on the accuracy and the throwing and all that. But what, in your estimation, is going to be the hardest thing for him to do with this injury? Is it the dropbacks? Is it the running? Is it the throwing? Is it, is it torquing his body? Like what's the thing that's just going to be really, really difficult until this, this back of his heels up. Um, if I knew exactly what processes were fractured, I could be a little more definitive about it, but without knowing that uh, any movement of his torso. So torque, bending, uh, extending back his back, uh, all throwing of the football. Um, and I think the biggest part will be him getting over the, uh, the part in his mind that's like guarding against, like Mm -hmm. becoming decisive again, I guess is the way that I should put it. Becoming decisive with running, with making decisions. It's all, um, way too influenced by, pain and dysfunction right now and that's going to be the hardest part i mean he's already shown that he can he can torque through the pain he could get the ball out the distance that he needed it to go uh but it's the accuracy and the these and the decision making are going to be the two more difficult things i think the accuracy will come back as soon as um the pain subsides but the decisiveness sometimes that stuff can linger because of uh, a defensive pattern that develops Dr. Thomas, thanks as always. I hate you because you're so freaking good looking. I didn't know until I met you at the live show. You had the full <laughs> Dosecki's man beard. You had the Hawaiian shirt. You were you're a good looking man, and I don't like it. I wanted you to look like I, I expected you to look like a a dumpy old doctor, and you're like George Clooney with a beard sashaying through Port Orleans. I didn't like it. Perhaps some things are better left to mystery then. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ralph, I have to say, you know, Thomas is a good friend and, uh, he knows, I mean, he's, he's legit. He knows his shit for, for any of our patrons. If you ever go see Dr. Thomas, if you have a sports injury or whatever, Uh, he, he he has helped me with my mystery stomach muscle ailment. I gotta say, he's got me on the right path. Well, when he talks, I listen because he he knows what he's talking about. And, you know, I, I, I have to say about Michael Thomas in particular like we we don't appreciate the path that these athletes go down and I'm talking about us non-medical I know Thomas does but us non-medical fans 
you know, a guy's out, let's say he's out for six months, he's out for a year. We're not appreciative of the, the rehab time in the gym, in the medical facility, rehabbing these injuries, dealing with the pain, the scar tissue, the, the peaks and valleys, the, the time, you know, all of it. And it's like, it all builds toward the goal of getting back on the field. And we're not there for any of it, but it is a long, emotional, taxing thing painful for a lot painful. of these athletes yeah. to get back to that place. And, and I got to say like, Thomas framed it up really well and it gives me freaking goosebumps to see Michael Thomas doing his thing again on the field because it has been a long journey for him. Amen. Dr. Thomas, thanks as always. Uh, We love talking to you, uh, but it's a little early in the year. It's only week, it's only, (laughs) it's only week three. We usually like to have your medical advice get closer to like Halloween into thanksgiving you're already we're already got you on retainer it's our it's already week three and well Saints hey, are having major hey, Ralph, injury Ralph, ailments. we had full attendance we had full attendance at practice that's right for, for today so thomas like hopefully we won't talk to you again for like 10 weeks hopefully i'm retired for the season after <laughs> this and y'all don't ask me to come back on <laughs> thank you dr thomas Later. all right um he's the best um, so, Andrew, we got a bunch of people that want to talk. Uh, I'm going to start. Budrich, what you got for us? Uh, Saints Carolina, what has to happen Sunday to get Matt Rule fired? And don't give me normal, boring, no turnovers, time of possession nonsense. Give me something fun that can happen that will get Matt Rule fired Sunday. That guy touchdown. <laughs> I have an even better one. Taysom Hill throws a touchdown. Oh, my God. If Taysom throws a touchdown, Matt Rule gets fired, right? Like, that has to happen. Touchdown, right? touchdown to the uh, Red Rifle. They'd never do it because Ooh. it's just it's just too risky with Jameis, all his injuries. But Taysom to Jameis in the red zone for a touchdown, it probably gets Matt Rule fired on the spot. <laughs> or, or, or fat guy touchdown thrown by Taysom. Ooh. Like, Taysom to Calvin Throckmorton. Ooh, I like that. That's my UDFA son. I like that. <laughs> or even um, touchdown from Taysom to Ruiz. We just throw him at as an extra tackle for whatever reason. Hey, let's just get really silly. Uh, final thing, Butterich, and then we'll get on to other people. Besides Jameis, is there anything you look at the Saints and you're like, this really concerns me, besides all of Jameis's ailments? Oh, not really. I mean, if, Paul, if hopefully possible, Adebo, he does play because I feel like we are going to need him this week. Um, but it, nothing kind of stands out to normal. It was kind of weird seeing how Marcus May, he left the game in, uh, against Tampa with a wrist injury. I think on injury report it said he has a rib injury. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that's a typo or his wrist somehow Saints became had a half a rack of rib injuries today. Yeah, yeah I think, half I think, right. I think he, he turned his wrist into a rib cage. We should get Thomas back on here and ask him <laughs> how that how that's medically possible. All right, thanks, Butteridge. BTW, what you got for us? Hey guys, you know what? I just need 30 seconds to rant, and Go then ahead. you guys can jump on what I'm saying. 
watching that game, I was listening to Greg Olson talk on the telecast, and he said that was your amazing. (laughs) He actually didn't do a bad job, but um, he was saying how you know Jameis looks poised; he's not forcing the issue. Like he's taking what the defense gives him, and he's taking some deep shots, but he's being pretty under control. And the game's three three going into the fourth quarter, and like if we somehow come away with a win in that game. Every, the narrative is so different, you know what I mean? In this yeah. case, like, you could tell that Jameis was pressing because I made the analogy um, previously. It's like when you see your ex-girlfriend, you know what I mean? You're at the club with a, your new girlfriend. You're going to try and show up with your new girlfriend to make the ex-girlfriend jealous. You know what I mean? Like That's just natural. Yeah. The Bucks are his ex-girlfriend, and he was really trying to do something special well, in that game. I, you could tell he I wanted think, that deep shot. I think, I think that you're, you're – your point about the narrative being completely different is absolutely true. Like Chris Olave was open a bunch of times. And if Jameis, like he couldn't, with his he, injury, he hits one of, he them. hits one of That's right. If he just like one of the, if he can just muster up with his painful back, if he could just muster up like one or two of those this yeah. week, we are like, Jameis was football heroic. The dude <laughs> had a broken back and he conjured up two raindrops to Olave, and the Saints are two and zero. So it, your your point about the change narrative is Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, we we already had that fired in the queue. Ralph yeah. and I were already texting like uh, that. That's our story. Like yeah. if the Saints win, it's all about James yeah. fighting through a broken back and taking down Tampa. Like we we were locked and loaded. We were on that we were story. we were we were we were workshopping jokes. We were doing it. I mean. In, I, and, and then it all went bad. And then I then I then I got in the, the dome. I was like, oh my god, four broken ribs, yeah. four broken ribs. I also I also think that this week, like you're saying, give you something that's going to happen. I think this is the week where um, we see like a. You remember how Drew would throw like four undrafted free agents, and it'd be like weird <laughs> guys that touchdowns. I think this is a week where like Adam Prentice gets a touchdown, oh, Wayne Walker gets a touchdown. That should get like, mad. Adam Trout, Adam Troutman gets a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of week this is going to be. I think. I like it. That would that would that would get Matt Rule fired. I'm here. For, I'm here for that. <laughs> Thank you, guy. So no yeah, worries. if both Adams score a touchdown, uh, like Ryan said, that would be amazing. Freaking about football, what you got for us? Uh, l- l- let me explain what uh, would get Matt Rule fired. So it'd be a situation where we're up like twenty-one to ten. It's like fourth and inches at like the 45-yard line. We decide to go for it. And we're like, let's QB sneak it. But because Jameis is hurt, let's QB sneak it with Taysom. And like we QB sneak it and like the Panthers just don't tackle and he runs all the way into the end zone. <laughs> like if that happened, I would think Matt Rule would be fired like literally during the well, extra point. I'll say this. And, and Andrew, I mean, I know in the 90s you you weren't necessarily in New Orleans, but – for Ditka, I can I can vouch for this. In the '90s, there was a point where the Ditka, the the excitement. No, I, I was in New Orleans in the Ditka era. Well, yeah. Ditka, then you can you can vouch for this. There was a point in '99 where Saints fan, we would wake up on Sunday and we would be like, "I'm tired of this bullshit. I hate this team." And you would go to the game because you bought the ticket and we love the Saints. But you'd go to the stadium, and part of you was like, "I want to boo these motherfuckers." I hate this team. Yeah. I want him fired. And I got to the point in 99, I was like, I just want losses because Dick has got to go. Like, And the only way I can be 100% sure that he's gone, Saints got to lose. It's not tanking. It's a cleansing. And I feel like the Carolina fans are there. Like, they are going to that stadium Sunday, and part of them is like, Carolina, they're going to lose. I want to boo them. 
They will turn on the Panthers so fast. If the Saints could get a good, nice start of 7-10-0, that crowd will be surly. Yeah. Well, thank you, by the way, to uh, Freaking About Football. appreciate you uh, joining us. But, yeah, no, Ralph, I remember that era very well. And when I was in that era going to the games, I remember my uncle Kerry taking me to these games. and. Yeah. You know, the, the Saints would be down three scores in the third quarter. And, and quite frequently, he would say, all right, Andrew, you ready to go? And I'm like, no, I'm not ready to go. I'm staying here till the end of the fourth quarter. Like, the clock doesn't say zero. And it was super annoying because he'd be like, all right, well, they're getting crushed and it's not getting any better. And I, I was kind of ornery. I was like, all right, well, the game's not over. Like, they still have a chance to come back. And they never came back. No. There was never any hope. This wasn't this wasn't Drew Brees down three scores, you know, where you're like, oh, anything can happen because they is, can score at a moment's notice. Like, with Danny Drew Brees, Werfel, yeah, yeah. They don't like, have any Drew first down, and down the field in four plays and we're back in this. Like, this is Danny Werfel. We're like, if you score a touchdown, like you might not see another one for seven quarters. <laughs> That's right. All right. We got Bill Bixby here, Tamp fan. Be nice. Oh, I'm always hey, I'm always nice to you guys. Tom, Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady's kind of washed. Your team is awesome, oh, so it'll oh. be fine because your roster's loaded and your defense is incredible. Tom Brady's kind of washed. Oh, Bucks fans got mad at me when I said my biggest concern was Tom Brady being 45 years old. Uh, and the thing is, y'all talk about Jameis' injury, and I bet if 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 the if the NFLPA was worth the flip. They might have been like, well, how come no one knew about this injury till Sunday morning? That's uh, a great, that is a great – I mean, the Saints knew about it, and I guess James Lee – but, like, for that to break, it, like – it broke at, like, I want to say, like, what, 1130-ish? When yeah, I was, no, less than 30 minutes before kickoff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something right there was, like, he should play. But you guys talking about Andy Dalton. It's kind of crazy if people call for Andy Dalton. And that's the reason he's on his third team in three years. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean listen, Andy Dalton, like the backup quarterback, is people always love this. I'm telling you, like Andy Dalton is like 99% of the backup quarterbacks in the history of football. The backup quarterback, in theory, is not as good as the backup quarterback in reality. And, like, the thing about Andy Dalton, he was terrible under pressure in his prime. And any veteran quarterback that's been in the NFL for more than, like, seven years, they know how to look good in the preseason. So, like, it's got to be Jameis. I, and then the, de- the the defenses aren't game planning for him either. So, you know, it's it's vanilla stuff. But, Bill, yep. Bill before, before you get out of here, Bill, I want to ask you this question. Yeah, you've, you've broken the curse. Tom Brady has never beaten the Saints in a uniform in the regular season. He's finally done that. Does this mean the Saints are beating the Bucks in the playoffs? <laughs> wow. Uh, all I say is that the team has a chance to get in a dance, and their defense is great. The Saints have a good defense. They do need to get more sacks, though. But uh, – they have a shot. I can't lie because the game was 3-3, <laughs> you know. Uh, and Tom Brady was out there uh, throwing stuff. So, but one thing I'll say, though, about you guys this week, 
I think they saw what Jameis could do. And he's actually struggling deep ball, understandably. Let's not dial that stuff up. Run the ball. Do a little more intermediate stuff that can help this injury. And uh and the running game has worked well for you guys so far. And yeah, Carmichael I mean, needs to win it and stop being that offensive coordinator who wants to make himself famous. Let's run the ball. That's how Kyle Shanahan got jobs. Uh, but that's all I yeah, I think it is. It, thank you, Bill. It is true. It is true, Andrew. He makes a great point. Like the the running game, it was working really good, and then and then Ingram fumbled, and they could never. I, I, I gotta say, Bill Bill's a Bucks fan, but he sounds like a Saints. He fan. He does. You know, he you might know. be like a closet. He 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 might be like a closet. Just a, he might be like a closet. He's a Bama fan. So feel, maybe he's a Brady. Maybe like he's a Bill's front runner. One of those Tampa fans. It's like. <laughs> I, I think Bill is secretly annoyed at all the fake Bucks fans that have come come along with Tom Brady. And so while he he's true, like he's an OG, like he's a real Bucks fan, but he's like semi interested in the Saints because I think he respects that all of our fans are, you know, that I didn't uh, see they're not fake. You know? I didn't see they had a decent amount of Tampa fans. I did not see one freaking throwback Tampa jersey. I didn't see a De- Brooks. I didn't see a Sap. I didn't see an All-Stott jersey. Oh, you're talking Derek. You're talking Derek Brooks. Yeah, I'm talking Derek Brooks. I'm talking All-Stott. It was all Brady and Gronk. Like, I, 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 I saw Rondé Barber. Oh, right. I, I saw Rondé Barber in my section. Uh, I, I didn't see a Vinny Testaverde. That, that was bitterly disappointing. <laughs> Who that Davis? The cream sickle. Who that yeah. Davis? What you got for us? What's going on, you two? What? One minute, I talk to y'all. Hey, hey, hey! Who that Davis? Before you start talking, I, I just have to say, you know, there, there, this is a uh, a recorded show, so we'll have patrons that will listen to this. They won't be able to see your picture, but you've got a picture of Pete Warner as your avatar, and I, I just want to say. Pete Warner has been I, – I approve of this decision that you've made because Pete Warner has been a freaking beast. I told people since the day he was drafted that Pete Warner was going to show up, show out, and show out on me. But I had people in my comments section and my mentors talking about, Quan this, Quan that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> my, boy's, my boy's done more in two games than Quan has with the Jets so far. So anyway, go on. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Before, before you say what you got to say, I'm going to ask you a crazy hot take question here. Okay. Is Pete Werner the best linebacker on the Saints? Currently, yes. But we, we, hold on, hold on. We have to understand the position that he plays. Like, Pete Werner plays the will, which means he's being tasked to do a, a little more than Demario Davis is at the mic. Now, I'm not saying he's better than tomorrow, Davis in terms of long term. That still is firmly in the control of DD56. Pete Warner still has a lot to prove, and he has to prove it this coming Sunday against one of the best running backs in the NFL and Christian McCaffrey. Can he limit Christian McCaffrey when it comes to the passing game? Can he limit him in the run game? Because the last time someone from our side was going up against Christian McCaffrey, it was Zach Bond, and we all know how that turned out. Oh my God! This is this is a, this is a chance for Pete Warner to make a why do you real have to choose, solid. Why do you have to choose violence? Saints linebacker. That, 
That game last year in Carolina was so it was, they were missing half the staff. They were missing Lattimore. They were missing uh, Davenport. Um, you know, Carolina man, who that Davis? Carolina, they their defense is good. They held the Giants to sixty yards on defense, but the Giants' offense, of course, is terrible. The Panthers' offense is so. Horrible. Andrew texted me today the picture of Matt Rule. And what was it, Andrew? He's 1 in 24 or 1 in 25 when. When the other team scores 17 points. Yes. He's won one time. Dude, the Panthers are an abomination. Like, and the thing is, like, Matt Rule, some kind of way, he on, the Panthers only have four draft picks next year. And they don't have a quarterback, and their offensive line. Ra- Ralph, I, I, Ralph, I'm making this stat up, but before 2018, I'm pretty sure Sean Payton's teams gave up less than 17 points, like twice. <laughs> I will say that this is the Saints' chance to, to right the ship and get to two and one before they go overseas to London to play the Vikings. To play the Vikings. Now, the difference between last year and this year, when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, early in the year is the Saints are coming into this thing with a healthy offensive line. When we lost Eric McCoy, you upset two positions. That's and right. the third was... That's right, McCoy didn't up. play, yeah. Yeah. And then now you're coming in here, like, fully healthy as can be, with the exception of Ryan check, because I saw he was limited, but that's probably a routine thing for him, because he's been nursing something since training camp. Can they win in the trenches this year? That's going to be telltale, because if Jameis is going in there, which I'm assuming he is by his by his press conference today. If he's going in there, the offensive line has to do about as good of a job as they did last week against Tampa. If they can pick up on blitzes better, if they can dominate at the line of scrimmage, then I'll give the Saints a three-point narrow victory. Thank you, Ooh, Davis. That sounds stressful. Have you been thinking of becoming a Saints Happy Hour patron? We have an offer you can't refuse. Sign up, and if you don't think Saints Happy Hour is the best daily Saints podcast and you aren't having a blast chatting on our private Discord channel with other Saints fans, we will refund your money. No questions asked. If you sign up at the $10 level, you can even keep our Boost Bundle welcome gift after the refund. You have absolutely nothing to lose, so go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No ads ever. You also get breaking Saints news podcast, Saints player grades, early access to shows, and behind-the-scenes access. Plus, you get access to our Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7 in private with other Saints Happy Hour listeners. And you get our world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Amazing. So sign up and never have to suffer through another ad again. Go to SaintsHappyHour.com. That's SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today i'll be i'll be really surprised if the saints win this game in a blowout i just don't think their offense is functioning the only way it's going to be a blowout is if baker mayfield throws up all over himself i just don't think the saints offense is good enough to score in the mid 20s high 30s by themselves like i just we'll see um mpa toker what you got for us 
Hey guys, uh, you know everyone's so worried about uh, the whole Winston or Dalton situation, but I don't think anyone, or at least I haven't seen anyone ask, what's with the third string? I mean, we don't have a third string, so I wonder if we've even thought about that far. I hope we don't have to go that far, but uh, who do you guys think would be the third string if we you, would end up having to worry be, about that? You can be the third string if the third string quarterback <laughs> plays. Just drink and do drugs because it's done because it's over well I, I i think the the answer to his question in reality is Taysom hill like if if they yeah. if if something were to happen to Jameis with his back where he couldn't go and andy dalton started then i think they probably removed Taysom hill from the other activities because he, he all of a sudden he becomes the backup quarterback and really if they get two injuries like he gives them the best chance to win so I mean, that's where they're at. Now, they do have Jake Lutton, uh, number 16, you know, for, if uh, two-year pro from Oregon State. He is on the practice squad. So, you know, if they got real banged up at quarterback, let's say Jameis was inactive for a game, you know, that could be a guy that they elevate. And uh, Jake Lutton could be a guy that they play in a pinch if they get really desperate. But, uh, you know, I mean, that that's that's probably a worse situation than Ian I mean, Buckley. And year. listen, M.P. Tilker, not that Taysom is a great – option but like Taysom when he had Michael Thomas depending on the team they p- would play he can win he could win games like if 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 he has to, if Taysom has to play Atlanta he owns Atlanta they're beating the Falcons with Taysom so yeah I mean that's that's their uh that's their random right there Taysom Hill <laughs> they hate him. we always have uh AK also I, I heard uh, we could have made Alvin Kamara quarterback at some point yeah, he was excited. He, he was excited. He was the emergency quarterback one week. And it, so, remember, they asked him last year about the playbook. Does it is it limited? And he said that was disrespectful. He can run all the plays. Thank you, MPA, uh, for joining us. Uh, Joshua, what do you got for us tonight? Yeah, um, to answer the the Matt Rule question, I think the the one thing that'll probably get him fired is if Winston can't go. And Andy Dalton goes and he starts and he lights him up for four TDs. <laughs> uh, I think that'll definitely get him kicked. <laughs> Andrew, do, do we want do we want to win by just enough to keep Matt Rule around so that we can play him again? Do you want what's more enjoyable, Andrew, getting to play Matt Rule again, or the Saints beat the Panthers so bad that Matt Rule gets treated like Herm Edwards did? For Arizona State last week, where oh the, my where gosh, the, where the athletic director and the school president were waiting for him as he was walking to the tunnel, they stopped him and were like, "My man, you done." What would be funnier to play I'll go for that? That like David Tepper's I, 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 waiting I want, for I him. Want him. Fired at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> the other question I've got, the huge like. To me, when when Winston was going deep, he was trying to force it to Alave. Like, do you think it would have been the same story with uh, Hardy, with Deontay Hardy? Because I felt like they had better chemistry all year long last year. Um, do you think it would have been different? Because I mean, Deontay, I'm not sure who's faster, Alave or Deontay, but I, I feel like it's it's hard to miss or overthrow Deontay. Uh, well, I, I just think Alave has a, a bigger route tree. You know, so I, I think the challenge with Deontay is he, he's a go-route guy. You know, he, I mean, he can maybe run a comeback route because he's so fast, but 
you're just uh, the, the impact that Deontay Hardy and part of it's his size too at five six, but his route tree is smaller and he is fast. Well, at five and- six, there, there, there's only so much he can do, and I, I think with Olave, he can just do a lot more damage. And so I, I think pre snap, you know, you just look at personnel. I think a lot of times you see Deontay Hardy in there; it's pretty obvious what he's going to do. And then when you look at Olave, he's in the lineup. And how you match up against them personnel-wise, the book is a lot more open. Now, I will say uh, the Saints have thrown the ball over 70% of the time when Olave's in the game so far. So they're going to have to self-scout. They're going to have to fix that a little bit. They're going to have to run a little bit more when he's in there because teams are expecting pass now, you know, because teams study this. And so you'll have to adapt. But, look, the thing is, like, I don't really think you can blame Olave because he was open. Like, it's just you pur- purely you have to make those throws. And I, part of it's the back, but I'm going to say part of it's the ankle, too, because Jameis Winston has no time to task with Jarvis Landry, no time to task with Olave. Uh, Michael Thomas was out all of last year. So his three primary receivers, like, he, he, Jameis – Yeah, I won't compare him to Trevor Penning because Penning's a guy we talk about him being raw and needing reps. Jameis has been in the league. He knows how to play football, but he needed reps in the sense that he's never played with this trio of receivers who are his top three. And, And so there's little nuances playing with receivers of, look, you run this route, I'm going to throw it to this shoulder. Or you like it when I put the ball in this location. So this is where I'm going to aim. And they just haven't had that time together. And we know Breeze was diabolical about this stuff. Yeah. And to Joshua, the one Part thing I'll say. accuracy was just this is where you should expect the ball. Joshua, the one thing I'll say about Deontay Hardy is he was running buck-ass naked through secondaries last year. Like, if you look at all the bombs. He was. Like, the bombs that Jameis was hitting him on. Like, I don't know that he would have got that open against Tampa. Um, and also, remember, he's got a hurt, he's got a hurt foot now, apparently. Um, so we'll see, so, but thanks for joining us. Andrew, I want to ask you a question before we get to David is, you know, Jameis has said, look, I need to be more patient. I need to take, I need to take the, the, the easy, the easy throws. I need, I, I need, you don't go broke making money. So do you think he'll be a little conflicted? Like if they're playing Carolina, is he going to be, maybe he'll say, Olave, ooh, he's open, but you know what? I'm still going underneath. Ooh, you know, my this guy. Well, Sean, Sean Payton on Nick Underhill's podcast talked about this today, where, like, these shot plays, they're not necessarily, like, the play call is to throw a bomb to Olave, right? The, the play call is it's a shot play, and you work high to low. Sometimes you work low to high, you know, depending on the play, and it's like, okay, this is your first read, this is your second read, and depending on the route concepts, a lot of those concepts where Olave is the hot read. And so it's a shot play. And so Jameis has to make a quick decision where is it there or do I make this throw? And if not, do I go to the secondary read? And if that's not there, do I go to the third read? And so even on shot plays, you can check it down, right? And, and on short plays – you could still throw it downfield. If the play breaks down, you mm-hmm. escape the pocket, and there's someone open deep, you could still chuck it, right? But, like, the primary – on those plays, the primary function of that go route is to draw the safety, to pull the defense away, and you're supposed to work underneath. So, 
Uh, you know, that, that's how those plays work. But I just think every time it was a shot play, Jameis – so you can't really blame Carmichael for that. It's just like it was a shot play and Jameis was going on the high route every time. And I think it's up to Jameis to say, okay, that read's not there. But I think part of it's play calling because Pete, Har- Pete Carmichael will say, okay, he's not making those throws. He's not being accurate. So he may have to dial back the shot play calls. Yeah. I wonder if Carolina will be like, mm, he struggled so much. Let's dare him to do it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give it, we're gonna give it yeah. to him. See if, we, see if you can. Hard to blame them. See if you can hit, him, hit a couple of them. The thing about that, though, is that would be delightful because nothing in the world is more devastating to a home crowd than, like, you're just getting in your seat and the Saints' first drive, they go three plays, 80 yards, and one of them is a 55-yard bomb. That would be amazing. That crowd's going to be surly. David, what you got for us tonight? Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, the previous guy kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but I was going to say, uh, are we sure we want Matt Rule fired? For one. <laughs> I think I want to keep him around as long as we can. You're only um, going to get two more games against him, David. That's the max, uh, That's the max uh, you're going to get. Yeah, as but I'll take as much as I can get on that rule. Bring it all on. Uh, yeah, another thing was uh, oh earlier I heard people uh, saying how this offense would look with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, well, I think we had three quarters that last Sunday of Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't know if people liked it too much. <laughs> um, so hey, yeah, hey, I you, think, hey, David, though it was three three after three quarters. Right. Oh yeah, dude. It was it was, better than was, the fourth. Just saying. So, uh, no, for for uh, there's no lie about that. It's you know, you, you try to protect Jameis by not making him have the have to put the game on his back, you know, with running the ball, and which we were doing until Mark Ingram fumbled. But you try as much as you can to not put it in his hands, and you know, it just things happen, and you know, it kind of snowballs. I mean, you cash, but. You cashed the Powerball ticket week one against Atlanta. You weren't – once they fell behind 10-3, you, knew, you know you weren't going to cash that ticket again. Like that was right. – back to – saying, Jameis, go be fourth quarter hero back-to-back weeks, that wasn't – that was never going to go. Right. So, like, would have heard back. Do you, I think – I'm starting to think that the, the deep ball misses are more of a timing issue than Jameis being hurt. Like, we, we all know that Jameis hasn't had reps with these people. Mm-hmm. At all, it's. <laughs> I think it's going to come. It just, it's going to take time. It's just the second week of the season, you know. Um, but yeah, and they also have to find a way to get Deontay Hardy involved in the offense. That's another thing I was going to bring up. Like, either use him as a decoy, or they don't have to throw a bomb to him. Just get him like a couple targets here and there. He's non-existent, and like he needs to be involved somewhat in the offense, in my opinion. You know, that's a good point, David, and, and um, thanks for joining us. You know, before we get before we get to St. G, uh, Jay Bordeaux, and your dad, Andrew, forgotten guy was Alvin Kamara in this sense. There was a couple of those running plays that Mark Ingram had those really nice runs, and that the one play, the one where he cut it up the middle and had a huge run, like, it was a great run for Ingram. He ran really hard. But I'm telling you this, like, if Kamara is healthy and playing against Tampa – Two of those runs where Ingram had really nice runs, at least one of them, Kamara's in the end zone. Like, he could be a big factor that we're not thinking about Sunday if he can go. Oh, no doubt. I mean, Kamara, we forget Kamara is, is an animal. 
you know, he's, he's an incredible athlete and one of the best running backs in the league. And so, yeah, I mean, some of these holes, look, I, I'm not trying to take away anything from Ingram who had some really nice runs, but some of these holes that the offensive line created, I, I, I wonder what, what Kamara would have done with them. Um, but you know, this, this offense is interesting and I, I really do think he makes a great point in the sense that you look at the weapons the saints have, and it's all about Michael Thomas, Olave, and Landry. You know, those are the three guys that have really seen the ball consistently so far. And you know, there's guys that can make plays on this team. I'm talking about Adam Troutman, believe it or not. I'm talking about Taysom Hill, uh, Mark Ingram, you know, who we obviously he's fumbled the last couple of weeks, but we know he can be good. Uh, you, you just talked about Deontay Hardy. So, like, I, Callaway hasn't had a target yet, you know, and so – I just feel like if this offense can get a little bit more Kansas City with it, where Callaway gets a catch here and Deontay Hardy gets a catch there, and you know, like the mm-hmm. ball just starts to get spread around a little bit more, like it that that becomes more impossible to defend. And I, I have seen Troutman run some routes where he runs a seven yard route, and I've never seen him more wide open in my freaking life. And he doesn't get thrown to. And, and James is passing up on Troutman because he wants to throw it to Landry. And Landry catches a five-yard pass and he gets tackled. And, and that's fine. But, like, they probably could have gotten nine yards with Troutman, you know. And so that's where the guys that are the unsung heroes on this team that were maybe more prominent last year. I'm not saying you got to give them a bunch of touches. But give them one or two a game. Keep the defense a little bit more honest. And I think that's the variety – that this offense needs to be a little bit more versatile mm-hmm. and, and to keep teams a little bit more honest. And I think that's going to make the world a difference. Yeah. Um, so St. G, what you got for us? Well, thank you guys for bringing Dr. Tom Thomas on. He was, he was excellent. Um, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do my bit on rule. And then I, I'll, I'll, I'll ask a question a uh, Pete Carmichael, Sean Payton question. Frames, I was Payton. totally wrong about Matt Rule. I thought he was going to be a really good coach for Carolina. I was sad when they hired him. Andrew can vouch for it. I thought he was going to be a good coach. Ho ho! I was so wrong. Yeah, it it, it he has Happily. not been good. Happily. Clearly, clearly. But but I I mean I also don't think he's going to get fired. Um, no matter what happens uh, on the field, unless you're unless, talking about this week. Yeah, this week. Oh, this week. Yeah, he's going to get fired. Uh, (laughs) Unless the only reason it happens this week is afterwards in a press conference or something like he goes totally unhinged and has some kind of racist, homophobic (laughs) tirade for no reason whatsoever, just goes absolutely nuts. That would be the only reason. And and uh, I mean, that would meant that we have done something to literally drive him crazy. But, look, I, um, I, look, I, I don't, I don't want you know, racism and hom- homophobia thrown out there ever because that just that makes people feel bad. Like I don't want that. But like, the embarrassment and the shame that would that that would bring on Carolina, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, just piques, a little bit. It piques my interest. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm rooting for it. I just think that I, I just don't. I don't think that they keep like, I don't rule want this to year. Bad, and you know, there's too much of that shit already. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. But, but like. But like, if it's a Carolina Panthers, like I'm kind of interested. In <laughs> say, gee, the one yeah. thing I, the one retort I'd say to that is sometimes a 
team plays so bad with a coach that's like dead coach walking and, and you're like, ah, they can just wait till the end of the year. What does it matter? Sometimes the team plays so bad and the fans are so pissed off. Ownership, they have to fire the coach because it's almost like they, they need to do it to acknowledge to the fans, we hear you. Dude, and fans. And fans, we understand I'll, I'll it's right a train wreck. I, I, I Maybe. I, I just don't think 0-3 is enough. But we'll see. So I, I, read, I, it, I read Twitter. I, I look at Carolina Panthers fans. They hate Matt Rule. Like, they, like, to Ralph's point, it's like the Ditka era. They despise him. They, yeah, they, well, I don't know. Because they look at him and they're like, they, they know. They know it's over. Yeah. You know? Like, By the way, you guys talk about Dick. Do you remember how he was just collecting Heisman Trophy winners? But like really <laughs> non-NFL caliber Heisman Trophy ones, winners. Yeah. Just, just collecting yeah, them, yeah. putting them in, putting them on a field as much, you know, it was just like enough already. Yeah. This guy cannot play, you know. But anyway, so I, I would say this. So we're not talking enough about Sean Payton. And I, and we 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 talk about all the things that maybe the off the offense isn't clicking and not figuring. And I just wonder, if, you know, we've always said like, you know, Sean Payton is is worth a couple of games, and yeah. you know, is is are, is this an example of that where he could have figured out a couple things a little quicker in Atlanta, figured something out in Tampa, you know, some kind of wrinkle, just a little bit of that Sean Payton magic that that just. You know that Pete Carmichael just doesn't yeah. quite have. I just wonder if, if that's what we're seeing now. Yeah, that that that's a thing, Saints G. And and I, I will say, if the Saints are having these issues and Sean Payton is the head coach, I don't really think I'm. Any of us are blinking an eye because I think we're all thinking like, yeah, he'll figure this out. He'll he'll well, like he'll, he'll figure is, this out offensively. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll card trick it. He'll at least figure out a way to if, if this offense sucks. Then he's going to be like, okay, if we can't move the ball, we will never turn it over again, ever. You know, and it, like he, he would just be like, if this is who we are, then we're going to do this. And I just feel like Sean Payton is so, uh, well, I mean, Pete Carmichael has always been adjacent to him, but like there is that muscle memory that we have with Sean Payton that we, Pete Carmichael is without him now, right? Like the training wheels are off. And so I don't know. I don't know if he has that factor. Well, and, well, I'm talking more about in in game type no, of. I think I think this is, that's a great point, Saint G and and Andrew. I'll make this. It's not a straight comparison, but I think it it kind of works in that. Like, you know, I was listening. To, I was watching. Uh, my son was playing with my my iPhone the other day, and he and he pulled up a a Van Halen concert, and it was Sammy Hagar, and he was singing Panama, and that's a David Lee Roth Van Halen song, and Sammy Hagar, he knew all the words. He knew the notes, but it wasn't the same, man. It wasn't the same. And I wonder, like, in game, like, Pete Carmichael, he knows all the plays. He knows the Saints offense. But, like, in the game, like, in the moment, it's not the same as Sean Payton. Well, I'm going to give you a hot take right now. Sammy Hagar, better than David Lee Roth. And if your analogy is correct, then I guess Pete Carmichael is going to be even better than Sean Payton. (laughs) Yeah, but not at singing Panama. He's not. Mr. G- no, what we got Jay Boudreaux and then then Mr. Juge and then we got to get out of here. Jay Boudreaux, Bordeaux, what you got for us? Okay, so after listening to everyone, including the Dr. Thomas, th- by the way, thank you for him with all the insight of James Winston. I think for the Matt Rule question, like the previous caller said, 
it's going to be really hard to have an 0-3 team actually fire their head coach. The only thing I can see it happening is that we, like, just completely, like, blitzkrieg them, like, <laughs> 60 to nothing. That is, like, the only visible aspect of it. Or if if their best running back, CMC, gets injured, that's the starting to realize, oh, shoot, our season's done now again for them. And be like, okay, that's when we get to get rid of him. Well, I, um, I would just I would just point this out, okay? Dennis Allen coached the Raiders. We're talking about the Saints' current head coach, Dennis Allen. He went yep. to the Raiders. He went six and ten. He went six and ten again, right? And then he went zero mm-hmm. and four, and he was fired after week four. So I think you're giving him extra I, I wins. Get- Andrew, I don't think he won six games with the Raiders. Yeah, ever. I, I, I might be thinking it did good, but yeah, he 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 won. What was he four and twelve and six and ten and then zero and three? I don't think he so ever anyway. went six and ten. I think he was. I think he won eight games total with the Raiders. I got to look it up. All right, we'll look it up. But anyway, right. my point so, is, he was zero and three in season three, and he got fired after the third game. So, like Matt Rule, has he been any better than that? And then when you consider the contract that he gave Teddy Bridgewater. And then he was immediately like, no, we got to get out of that. They traded him. They give up a second-round pick for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is garbage. And then they're like, no, we, we – I know we – and they pick up his option. No, we got to pay him $17 million this year, but he's going to be a backup, backup at that amount of money because he's so bad that we can't even play him and we can't unload him because and no one will take that fully guaranteed contract. So we're going to get Baker Mayfield – He's going to be our quarterback this year. And now they're 0-2 with him. So, like, I just feel like every quarterbacking decision for them has been a disaster. And if the Saints curb stomp them on Sunday, I I make the argument that based on the Dennis Allen thing, like, he is getting fired. Well, Dennis Allen was 4-12. Dennis Allen was 4-12, 4-12, 0-3, and got fired out of a cannon. Matt Rule is 5-11, Five and twelve. So if he got curb stomped, he would only he'd be at ten wins. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that much different than Dennis Island in Oakland, really. So I'm just going to address one more thing with um, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton. You guys mentioned this early on with um, with Jameis Winston might be his last season, his last chance as a starting quarterback. I said this early, like I think I tweeted this yesterday about this being his biggest week, his biggest game, because there is a quarterback right now playing under contract right now in Lamar Jackson that's going to want to pay, get Deshaun Watson money and has no off-field issues. He's going to get paid. It's a matter of which team wants to do it. And I think the Saints, looking at this year, between uh, Andy Dahl and James Winston, if they don't succeed this year, the Saints are going to try to pursue Lamar Jackson because we were the ones that were in the finals in that Deshaun Watson deal. Yeah, well. So don't be surprised. Pay him whatever he wants. Jay, Jay Bordeaux, they need, to get a, they need to get multiple, at least one first and probably something else for Sean Payton and then package that with 2024 picks to get Lamar Jackson. But, hey, Lamar whatever Jackson. Whatever it takes. Do it. Whatever. whatever. Well, uh, Jay Yeah. Again, because again, these past couple of years, teams have been 
being bent over to get fucked in the ass just to get a star quarterback. We've seen Tampa Bay game with Tom Brady. We've seen Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson. We saw um, uh, the Broncos with uh, Russell well, Wilson. You saw what the 49ers gave up for Trey Lance. So yep. you think I got a problem giving up that much oh, for Lamar Jackson second. all day in a, long? In the, NF, in the NFC? Are you kidding me? If if the Saints got a first and a second for Sean Payton and Baltimore was like, I want the first and the second for Sean Payton, I want your 2024 first and I want your 2025 first, I'd be like, Done. And give can Lamar we just, Jackson. Can we, just, can we just trade Lamar Jackson for Sean Payton straight up? <laughs> they have Arba. I don't know. They want it. Jay Bordeaux, thanks for joining us. And by the way, you're calling the hotline, but your audio is terrible. It doesn't even meet our standards. You got to do a better job. I had to clip you out like two of the three weeks, man. You got to do a better job when you when you call the hotline. Your audio is terrible. Well, listen, if I'm on a phone app right now, so the Twitter app sucks. So <laughs> that's another thing. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jay Bordeaux. Mr. Juge, you're going to wrap us up tonight. What you got for us? What's the funniest way Matt Rule could get fired on Sunday? Okay, Ralph, he ought to be packing his bags just like I'm packing mine to go to Carolina <laughs> for my third Saints game in a row. Right. Here's what's going to happen. It's going to be wait, wait, hold on, hold on. You're actually going? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be 14 nothing before the Saints offense takes the field. That'd be because amazing. on the first two series, the Saints are going to get a punt return for a touchdown and a Baker pick six. That would be so, amazing. And, and then the game will be all downhill from there. Oh, my God. Um, the, the one other piece of news I want to tell you, Ralph, is I went to a big Tulane alumni event in Atlanta tonight. And the first, you know, like 100 people there, there are 5,000 Tulane alums in Atlanta. Oh, my God. The, the first guy I met, Ralph, is Joe Shorter the Fourth, who is a patron of the podcast. Oh, that's and right, first, Joe. Yeah. He is a patron. So the first, and he so he tells all these people about the podcast and how you you guys you know won the won the best podcast of the year award. So like nice. ten people asked me for the link to the podcast. Nice, you're getting so, the signs up. I love it. So the word the word is out and. Uh, Hey, th- thanks for a great show, guys. Really enjoyed it. Se- it Thank seems you. like, Ralph, it seems like we need to start sending business cards to all our patrons. That's and right. So when they go to well-to-do <coughs> events, you know, business meetings. That's actually a good idea. Their, instead of handing out your own business cards, you should just hand out cards with the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Well, well, I'll say this before we get out of here that everybody's li- – you know, the people that are listening to the podcast that are still on the live stream. The thing the patrons – when we talked to him at the live event, which was great, and I shook a ton of hands and took a bunch of pictures, the thing that almost all of them said that they loved kissed a lot of babies, kissed a lot of babies. The two things yeah, they said, take. the two things they said they loved are the daily podcast without any ads and the Discord because the Discord you can talk about Saints not on social media. It's a great community that made friends. They connect with other patrons and DMs on Discord, and those are the two things. If you just listen to the free version of the show, you don't get. But if you become a patron, you get access to the Discord and you get the commercial free. They told you they like my grades too, right? Yeah. uh, At least one person. The grades. I mean, the thing that the thing that patrons get it. We we give we give people like this week. We've given them five podcasts, two grade articles, a. Uh, my WWL column, the hotline unedited. Like you're getting like 
10, 9, 10 pieces of content a week during the season, and all you got to do is pay $10 a month. Like, it's the best, right. it's the best deal going. So, 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 Dad, unmute yourself. So, you, you, you said 14 nothing before the Saints touched the ball because of a punt return and a pick six. So, uh, what's your final score? 34 <laughs> 7. I love that would it. Be not, that would be so nice because, you know, there, there's those Sundays. Like, I, I'm not going to lie, I like the, the, the cardiac games, you know, where it's down to the two minutes and like, there's nothing more exhilarating than when your team pulls off a win in the final minute and you're just so jacked up on the other side of it. So I, I love those games, but like the Sundays where you're kind of, you're up, you know, three touchdowns in the second quarter and you kind of just cruise to victory and, and you, you're, you're kind of, you're looking at the other scores and you're just kind of laughing at things on Twitter as, as you watch yeah. the game, like, that's a relaxing that's a Sunday great. afternoon. You know, you're peeking at your fantasy team. You're checking other NFC teams. See, you're seeing how Tampa's doing against Green Bay. Like, we I need mean, to, sign me up for we that. Need a real, 30, you know, we need to sign me up for that. We need a Saints blowout that's so horrific for Carolina that we get ginger time, but it's mop-up duty. Because because after three quarters it's like twenty eight to three or twenty eight to seven and Dennis Allen's like Jameis, you're good, buddy. We're, we're three. Touch- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's my other question, Dad. Thirty four to seven. Does Andy Dalton complete a pass? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They'll 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 pull Jameis when it's like you know twenty eight to nothing. Uh, I, I love, love it. it. I, I love, love it, Mister Juice. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. All right, we're gonna get to one more. We're gonna get to. Uh, we're going to get to Mario, and then we're going to get out of here. Mario, uh, what do you got for us? Oh, I think Mario. Hey, Mario. He's there. Mario, what you got for us? Hey, how do you like that game last weekend, Andrew, in Tiger Stadium? Oh, man, that was good times. Look, I uh, obviously the Saints didn't work out the way I wanted to, but – LSU say, did, though. Yeah, LSU playing against Mississippi State. My expectations were low. Uh, I have to say the first half, kind of hanging in there, but Mississippi State was, I don't want to say dominating, but they clearly were ahead and should have probably been ahead by more. And then something weird happened in the second half, and LSU's defense was absolutely dominant. And I feel like right now Brian Kelly's ahead of schedule, so that was really exciting for me. Yeah. We played New Mexico State Saturday, so I don't know. That'll get you three. That means you're almost halfway to bowl eligibility. And listen, I think LSU is going to be like they're if if Brian Kelly gets them to eight wins, that's a real good first year, in my opinion. You know, yeah. they're probably going to Shreveport. They're probably going to be like six, seven wins. You know, it's a lot of work to do. Mario, did you go to the game? Oh, the LSU one, I did. So Mario. What? Funniest. What do you think about Jalen Daniels? You, you are you a Jalen Daniels fan? Uh, yeah, he's he's good. Uh, he's a good, fast, he's fast. I like it. Like I feel like with with LSU, their offense, like the limited, like the fact that he can run around and make plays. Like he he's a fun. Like I'm not saying he's great, but he's fun. He's a fun watch on a Saturday. And like I got I gotta say, Ralph, like he's one of those quarterbacks who are like. For your first read, if it's not there, go. Just go. Run. <laughs> like, I, like I, the, the fans that were sitting next to me were getting annoyed because every time that the first read wasn't there, I was like, just take off. Go. Just run. Go. Just run. Yeah, just run. 
and they're like, shouldn't he be throwing to Booty? And I'm like, no, no, no absolutely not. Take, just run. Run and take the eight that's yards, the, buddy. That's that's the whole offense. Just run. <sighs> so, Mario, what's – I'm going to the- do, do the same shit if Lamar Jackson is ever on the Saints. I'm just telling you right now. If Michael Thomas is not open, run. Yeah. <laughs> My, throw it to Michael Thomas to run. I don't care. I don't care. There you go. Baltimore's going to pay him. There's no way. Uh, Any update on the Alvin Kamara, y'all? Have you heard? Is he playing he, Sunday? Or? He, he practiced today. He was limited. So uh, I would say things are trending towards him playing Sunday. You know, and, and Mario, that's the thing with the – and thanks for joining us because we got to get out of here. That's the thing with the practice report is everybody was li- – all these people that were limited today, they don't have to practice full at all necessarily the rest of the week. But what you don't want is like a Pulse and a Debo to go from limited – to DNP. Like as long as they're limited, 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 they'll probably be okay. Or limited today, limited today, limited Thursday, full practice Friday. That means they're good. You don't want them to go back. And that's what the Saints had a lot last year. Armstead, Ramcheck, they would practice on a Wednesday, practice on a Thursday, and then DNP on a Friday. They couldn't go on the Sunday. So that's what you want to look for. Um, I really – I think this game is going to be a toss-up, so I can't see Matt Rule getting fired because I just I don't I don't see a path to the Saints blowing out the Panthers. But all these people giving me the funniest way Matt Rule could be fired, Andrew. Now I want it so bad. Uh, you know, look, I'll, I'll settle for a win. You know, right. all, all the other stuff like I, we can all make jokes and and have humor and all that, but like. Being serious for a moment, this is a huge game, and and I would never call Week Three a must win, but we know NFC South games cost double in, in some ways, and you, we're talking about two and one with two NFC South wins. You're kind of ahead of schedule, and, and, I, and, and I feel like if you're if you're one and two and two NFC South losses, like you're 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 in. I don't want to say you're in deep shit, but like. You're, you're kind of you're you're definitely behind the eight ball. So and as a this, player, this is, this is to me this is a huge swing game. And, and I'll just say this: as a Saints player, you got to fly to London after this game. You don't want to be flying to freaking London and being like, one, the flight will suck because you lost, but two, you're going to London and you're like. We gotta win. We lose in London. We're we're going home one and three. Ugh. So it's it it it's it it feels it feels as big as a game can feel in September. That's not a must win if that makes sense. Yeah. So I agree. so guys, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks to Doctor Thomas for breaking down Jameis for breaking down Michael Thomas injuries. Guys, if you don't support the show, become a patron. Ten dollars. We're the we, we're the best podcast in Louisiana. We're having the most fun. Uh, join us. Give us give us a try for a month. If you don't like it, I'll give you a full refund. I'll hit the refund button. You're like Ralph. I don't like it. It, it, it didn't live up to my expectations. Just tell me. Boom. Hit the refund button. You're done. You get your money back. Try us for a month, but you're not going to want a refund because we're the best dance best damn Saints podcast anywhere. SaintsHappyHour.com. Go there. Sign up. So, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again tomorrow. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.